there. So today I get to share one of my favorite um, stories with Christ in it from his ministry here where he, uh, he was going around healing people. I, I think that we all have a favorite and you might be surprised that this is mine, but it's just, I think it's one of his most relatable moments and it will be especially encouraging for anybody today who struggles with your mental health um, to hear. And, and you might not even see the connection right away, but please like, trust me, okay? So here, Jesus, he's just called um, his first di disciples. Um, he's just called Simon. And I believe James as well. Um, the, the fishermen. Oh, yeah, James and John, as well as Simon, who becomes known as Peter. Um, so now they're walking together, and um, Jesus, he's officially started his earthly ministry. And he uh, crosses paths with a man who has leprosy. Now, it's important to know that when you see the word leprosy in Scripture, it doesn't necessarily mean it's the kind of leprosy where a person's like skin is falling off and they're dying. I think that we've all heard horror stories of leprosy where um, a person's flesh is eaten away straight to the bone. And leprosy is very contagious and very deadly. Now, at that time though, it says here in the notes um, of Luke 5, starting at verse 12, it says, while well, he was in one of the towns, a man there who had leprosy, and then there's a note here that says that a term like lepros is the, the, the Greek word, and it doesn't necessarily mean leprosy, it just means any sort of a skin illness. So when you see leprosy in scripture, it could mean psoriasis, it could mean eczema, um, or it could mean the leprosy where your skin is falling off. It could mean that a person is covered with boils that are not contagious and not deadly. They just look a bit different. Um, but back then, there was such a stigma that if, if you were suspected of having something, you were pushed out of the community and people would assume that you were contagious when you weren't. So people would begin to pull away from you and treat you as though you were dying, even if that might not be the case. And because of a stigma around skin, skin illnesses, it doesn't appear as though people were even caring enough to investigate. So if a person became ill with something on the surface of their skin, they were just told, you have leprosy, go, go over there with the others. Live in obscurity with everybody else that we don't want near us healthy people, healthy people. Um, and I, I suspect that this man who has leprosy, quote unquote, a skin illness, might not have been contagious because Jesus touches him here. So it says, um, but there was a man there who had leprosy all over him doesn't it, he could have had a rash all over him for all that we know a harmless rash or something that needed compassion and treatment not um, fear 
and judgment. So, but it says that he saw Jesus and he fell face down in front of him on the ground. And he begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus reached out his hand and touched him. And he said, I'm willing, be made clean. And immediately his leprosy left him. It's just a beautiful encounter. And I was reading this the other night. Um, I don't struggle with my mental health now, but I used to. Back in the day, I had like severe depression and I've had post-traumatic post stress disorder twice in my life, um, years apart, but it's, it's intense and it's scary. And um, I've also walked through seasons of like intense grief um, where I felt like, like waves of it would sweep over me. And I would try to talk about it with people um, around me and, and ask for their support. And I would get platitudes instead. Like, oh, God, nev God never gives us more than, he, than, than we can handle. Um, just pray harder, believe harder. Um, it's not helpful. It's not supportive. And uh, for, for those of you who have also struggled with your mental health in the past, or maybe you're struggling now, you, you get what I'm saying here where people, when they feel like they don't know what to say, they say the most cliche, unhelpful things. And uh, for years, like after my mom died, I struggled for about two years with the most intense grief I've ever experienced in my entire life. And every day I would struggle to get out of bed and I would struggle to feel any sense of joy at all. I felt like I was always in um, some kind of shock where I was, going through my schedule doing what I was supposed to do going to work going to the gym going to the office writing books going to events all that stuff but inside like it felt like things were moving in slow motion and I would look up and just wonder like how did I get here like I was a walking zombie or something all day for like two years and I hung on and I prayed through it and God helped me through it. But every, a lot of the time, 90% of the time when I would re reach up to a friend to help me, they didn't know what to do or what to say. And they said a lot of the wrong things, you know, some of the most unhelpful things. And what I wanted to tell them at the time is I don't need you to say anything. I just need you to listen. And it's so, it's so beautiful here because that's what Jesus does. You know, he's walking down a road. He's got a place to go. But this man with leprosy, this man in pain, he sees Jesus and he interrupts him. He falls on, on, you know, on the ground near his feet. Right in Jesus' path. And Jesus doesn't say like, whoa, man, what are you doing? How can I help you? He doesn't say anything at all. He lets this broken man ask him what he needs and express Jesus hears him and he does what the man asks him to do but Jesus he meets him where he is with no judgment with no fear everybody else was running scared from him afraid that they would catch it Jesus touched him and I just um, 
one thing that I wanted somebody to tell me that I feel so blessed. I told you I was going to try not to cry. I feel so blessed to be able to tell you is um, God is proud of you. Even if you're sad, he loves you. Even if, you, if you're dealing with depression and it doesn't mean that your faith isn't real. If sometimes you're not full of joy, if sometimes you're sad and you're struggling and you have anxiety and fear, it doesn't mean that your faith is weak. If you're still going on trying your best to please God, even with that happening on the inside of you, even with those burdens, God sees that. And he's going to meet you where you're at with no judgment, with no fear. He won't say you should have prayed harder. He won't say, oh, you're depressed. You're a disappointment. You are not a disappointment to God. And if you're living in this world, this world, this crazy world, where people are shot up going to the grocery store and all sorts of violence in the news every night, if you don't occasionally feel sad about that, you're not human. God knows that you are human. He knows that this world is tough. He's, he tells us in this world, you will have trouble. You will have pain. But take heart. I've overcome the world. That doesn't mean that God doesn't understand our pain and our suffering. Or that he'll make you feel bad for having it. There's no stigma with God. So I just want you to know today, there's an intense amount of stigma in the church surrounding mental health. People with depression, people with post-traumatic stress disorder who are trying to heal, trying to recover from awful, awful traumatizing experiences are not always met with compassion and understanding. But if you come to Christ, if you come and you fall on your knees in front of him, he'll reach out and he'll touch you and he'll meet you where you're at with no judgment. So I just, um, one of my goals in my life is I would love to be a safe place for uh, people struggling with whatever to talk with, because uh, I know what it's like. And I think, I think that meeting people who are struggling with pain, just struggling with anything, with compassion and, and understanding, is the most powerful way that we can be like Christ. If we can just learn how to meet people where they're at and touch them and not be afraid to be associated with somebody weak, with somebody human, it's a powerful thing. I just wanted you to know that the world, it places a stigma on mental health, but God does, does not. And uh, his kingdom is different from this world. His ways are not our ways. Um, and I think that God, you know, he made us. And in Isaiah, I'm pretty sure it's Isaiah, hold on, in, in a psalm. We'll, we'll list it, okay? But there, there is a psalm that compares the inner workings of a person to deep waters. We have a lot more to us than we think that we do. And um, a lot of us are going through mental health crises. A lot of people that you would never think 
people who are putting on a fake smile and wearing some fake joy and they're faking like a happy face so that people won't think that they're that, that they're slipping in their faith and it's just how um, how much more supportive could we be of one another if we were just honest about how we're doing you know everybody here you know I've read that that uh, people from Asia specifically so uh, this this blog that I read was written by somebody from China he was a Chinese man and he said that he came here and one of the things that threw him off the most about American culture is that everybody will ask you how are you how are you and that's not that's not something that they ask over there because that's an intimate question but here everybody asks how are you and everybody says I'm good I'm good so it's it's a fake question and people give fake answers here and so it took him a while he said to learn how to get used to that and not actually stop and tell people how he was because when he first came here and somebody would ask him how are you he would give them an honest answer and uh, to a certain extent I, I understand that like if you're at a doctor's office or a gas station and somebody asks you you don't want to sit and have a chat but if you're with a friend if you're with your family if you're with your church family pe people who are supposed to care about you you know and you're supposed to care about them we should be able to answer that honestly and if you're around people who you can't answer that honestly with or they brush you off when you do or they play down what you're going through or they make you feel bad for having it I would question those relationships and I would question the level of trust that you're giving to certain people because I um, I'm not saying cut everybody off but there are there are, are levels to trust um, and not everybody in your life should be in your inner circle and I believe that everybody should have an inner circle um, made up of just a couple of people where you can be honest and open and real and raw with and know that you won't be judged but not a, not all of us have that and um, if you don't that's okay but God wants you to know he'll be your person always and he won't judge you and um, maybe that's hard for you to imagine a God you know who's so powerful and so magnanimous to look on you with compassion and be able to do something that maybe your friends and family don't know how to do for you, but he can. He sees you, he sees all of you, and he'll never make you feel bad for what's there. God is a meet you where you're at kind of God. And um, he, he never blames us for being human because he knows that that's what we are. He's really good at taking our broken pieces and helping us to piece back together our lives. Um, in uh, Psalm 34, 18, it says that the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. In Proverbs, he talks a lot about being crushed in spirit, um, that a crushed spirit dries up the bones we need to talk more about this just in general that's why i wanted to talk about it here i think we're afraid of saying the wrong thing and so for fear of saying the wrong thing we don't say anything and we're leaving people to suffer in silence so 
God knows what a crushed spirit feels like. He sees it and it matters to him, okay? And you don't have to hide that when, when you come to him in prayer. Let it all out, you know? Something that saved me in my life that really helped me when I was broken and dealing with depression. And, and I can name it, I can say it and be unafraid to, to do that. Um, I struggled with depression for about 10 years, from the time I was 12 until I was about 22. And like, um, there were seasons where it would get better and seasons when it would get so bad that I would, I would question if I wanted to live. And when I was about 14, I tried to take my life. Um, thank God I did not succeed. For anybody today who's questioning if you want to be here, I'm so happy that you're in the world. And God has a good plan for your life, even if you can't see it. And you never know what good things are going to be in your future. But you have to be here to experience them. So please stay. Okay, if you're questioning taking your life, if you're questioning something like that, please stay. Okay, hold on. Um, I know what that's like. So, like, I, I'm going to show you something. I'm going to have my cameraman zoom in. I used to be just very sad. And there were things that ha were happening in my life at the time that were making me that way. So mine was caused by my environment that I was in. I was dealing with abuse. And I didn't know where to put that pain and anger. I didn't know how to process it. I was about 14. So I took a box cutter one night to my leg. And I've, I've never shown anybody this on a video, but I'm gonna show you because we, we just have to break the stigma. We just have to talk about it. If you can't talk about your sadness, your depression, your mental health crisis with your family in Christ, we're doing something wrong. Um, so yeah, on my leg. I don't know if you can zoom in. I needed to shave there. I didn't, so don't judge me, okay? But there's a scar there. There's a scar there. Another one there. Another one there. I think there's one here as well. I have one, two, three, four, five, six scars just here on my leg. And my motives for doing that, I had lots of different motives. And oh, there's another one here. And then I had some on my wrist um, that have healed, so you can't really see them, but um, that's from my watch, so it's not one. But if you look, there are very, like, there, there's a very faint scar here, but these were thinner, so they healed a bit better. But I look at those, and I'm not ashamed of them because they remind me what God brought me through. they remind me not to judge so we should all feel safe to show our scars and share our hearts without any fear but at the very least you've got God to do that with okay Jesus is so relatable he's so loving he's so good he's a safe safe place there's never an instance in scripture where he judges somebody who's broken and in fact, he judges the people who judge the people who are broken. Every time he was harsh with somebody, it was because they were being harsh with somebody else. Jesus will protect you, he'll defend you, he understands you. Okay, so even if the world doesn't get you, if people around you think you're weird and they, they don't get what you've been through, 
what you're going through now, if they haven't seen what you've seen and walked through what you've walked through, it's fine. God does. So he, he gets you. He gets all of you. And I just, like, if you ever listen to anything from me, I, I hope it's that. You're not weird and you're not a disappointment just because you have depression. It's a storm and God will, God will get you through it. Okay? Bye.